Turn this mother out. in the garage i'm cory cope i'm freddie Wolf. we're continuing our we, we reframed it we reframed it now it's remakes people didn't ask for and we we changed it up a little bit um this is actually the third movie we watched we watched another one and realized there wasn't much to talk about so so, so let's not talk about it <laughs> so we moved on to the fog which was on our short list to begin with it got pushed off it was originally part of our list right. and then Ironically, I want to say was the other one chosen over this one. I think. I think. Did we pick it over this at the at the last little bit we we're trying to pick? I don't know. Fog. Yeah. Or do we? No, no. The other. No, no. No, no. We uh, three that originally got scrapped that you won't hear. One of them would have been the fog. The other one was the Omen remake. Oh yeah, yeah. And what was the other one? Straw uh, dogs. Straw dogs, yeah. And they're also too, too much too similar. They're all too similar. Right. And you can kind of guess what the other movie was based on that, that last one. Yeah. <laughs> uh and yeah, I'm glad we didn't actually do that one too, because it probably would have felt the same way. But uh anyway, woo, the fog. Tom Welling, who is at that beginning stages of Smallville, but they've been in three successful seasons. He's in the fourth. He shoots in Vancouver. This was shot all over Vancouver, not all over, but clearly in Vancouver, the island, of course. This movie is exactly the movie we talked about during the Dark Castle series. Yeah. Everybody is trying to do what they were doing. What's interesting about this one is everybody that was involved in the original Fog is back producing this one. But when you say produce. Yeah, does that mean they pay you money and give you a, cu- a credit to stay away and just let them do what they want? Yeah, because I don't think John Carpenter had much to do with this. <laughs> I don't think so either, And unfortunately, Deborah, Deborah Hill passed while she was making another movie, while she was making a movie with, with Oliver Stone. So I, I couldn't find out how much she actually worked on this. I had to watch the movie on HBO Max, so I didn't have any extra materials to lean on to see how involved she was in the movie, like through EPK stuff. But I hadn't seen the movie before. And I thought I had because I've seen the original so many times, but to get to this and to start the movie up and see a Deborah Hill production at the beginning, I'm like, Oh, is that just a, I was like, Oh, okay. And then to get to the end and there's a memoriam slate for her. And I'm like, wait, did she? So and then so I started doing research and I just found out, you know, I just said that she had passed Almost like she wasn't even on the movie. Like she passed before she got to set or something to that effect. I don't know. But like you noted, there's three people. It's John Carpenter, David Foster, and Deborah Hill. And David Foster, I'm pretty sure wasn't around for the first one, the original. No. So I think he's the acting producer on the whole thing. And Carpenter is just doing what he's doing like he's doing with the current Halloween series. Sure, but less involved. And instead of doing the music in in this other in that new series of Halloween movies and this, Graham Ravel handles the score. And it's all right. I mean, it fits. But this, like you noted, this this feels like, hey, if the CW did movies, sure, this would this would be that. Right. 
I mean, that that's the big knock on, on this movie. Like for me, it just looks like uh, what was the Stephen King um, TV series that went on forever that had Eric Balfour on it? Uh, you know, it was on five seasons, like on the uh, and they were on an island up in Nova Scotia. Uh, but that's what it felt like. It feels like any of those CW shows. It even looks like them. It looks like they just brought like the whole creative team, DP, everybody from a from a, any, you name the show, it's probably, they probably all worked on it. Um, but, it, you know, it just looks like CW circa 2005 TV show. Oh, yeah. Other than Tom Welling, this movie has, like, movie actors in it. That, that, sure. <laughs> you know, Maggie Grace has a lot of, done a lot of television, but, I mean, most people know from who she Lost. is. From Lost. Liam Neeson's daughter. And Liam Neeson's daughter, yeah. Yeah. His 30-year-old, 18-year-old daughter. And she did probably one of my favorite seasons of Californication. Yeah. She's lovely, dude. I oh, worked yeah. with her. She's super cool. It's She's fine in this. Yeah. She's good. I mean, she's not the problem. Like I said, like we said earlier, there's nobody's really bad in it. It's just, you know, some of the dialogue they have to yeah. <laughs> expose. Yeah. Expunge. Matthew Curry Holmes, who is in this, and, and he is known for being in lots of things, but Wrong Turn 2 is the first thing I had ever seen him in because I never saw this movie. And it was funny to see him in it because I I don't think I've seen him in anything other than Lynch's movie. But he's fine in this, and he doesn't last very long like a lot of people do doing this movie. No, that's the, that's the one thing about this movie that it does. They do just start getting to the, you know, to the, the if you will, the killings. <laughs> or, yeah. Pretty quickly, you know, it's yeah. not like it's, I feel like it moves a little faster than the original. Bet. Yeah, I agree. And the opening, the opening is a little confusing. Yes. You know, I, I know the original and the opening is like, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Is this, is this present day? That I mean, I don't, I'm not a big fan. Don't spoon feed me. Like, you know, don't put a slate up there and tell me what year it is. Unless it's really important. Like this opening. <laughs> right. Really, I mean, I know, you know, but it's like. Can you just tell me it's 1871 just just for shits and giggles? No, they don't do that. But. It's supposed to be the 100th year anniversary, right? So it's I guess it's 1905 is oh. what I was going with. Oh, is it? I mean, it was the 100th year anniversary of the whatever. Uh, that's what the statues were all is. All oh, about. right. I mean, I mean, that's what I was going with. So I'm just guessing it was 100 years earlier. But they don't give it. You don't get that until a few scenes later when there's that horrible statue reveal. That whole exposition. If that's what it is, I'm really confused now because it was supposed to be 1871. If it's 100 years, oh, so I know. 1971. That's even earlier than the original movie, right? And people got cell phones, so I'm really confused yeah, now. I am totally confused. <laughs> uh, was it supposed to be 1905 and it was 2005? I don't know, man. Is it supposed to be 200 years? Or we're not even there yet. I don't know. Yeah, it was 1612 pilgrims. The setup's similar, you know, the fog and people got wronged and and people come back for, ghosties come back for revenge. Pirate ghosts! Pirate ghosts, but they're not even pirates in this. No, and that's the... <laughs> they're not. They look like, you know, they look like the people from the Roanoke Lost Colony. It's a, yeah, they do. They do. And right? Th like <laughs> the, and then they do the one homage to Blake, right? That at the, of the original one where you can see his eyes across the, the fog at one point, but they only do it the one time. And then that was clever. And I think again, but if you don't know the original, it doesn't, it doesn't do much for you. Right. You're not getting, you're not knowing what that is, but I'm glad if you saw this before you saw the original, good for you. Cause you, <laughs> it's a better movie out there for you. Right. 
But like you, like you know, oh, I, mean, I want to. I didn't want to overlook Selma Blair because I was talking about you know movie stars or feature. I should say movie stars, but feature film actors. She's great in it. Like like you're saying before we got a mic, she is. Oh, when is she not good? Yeah, exactly. Always has been. No matter if you're watching an interview with her or seeing her perform, she's great. So it was fun seeing her in there. I, the one complaint I have about her, she's not in the movie enough. Right. Again, not not unlike Adrian Barbeau in the original. Right. Right. There's mm-hmm. not enough Stevie Wayne. You, you you mostly you're hearing Stevie Wayne's voice. Yeah. As opposed to ever, you know, she's locked in a lighthouse, so really, it's right. Not too much she can do, I guess. Right. And if there's one thing in there that I wanted, I would have loved to have seen them deviate from the original is, all right, well, can I see Sama more? Yeah. And I, in a lot of ways, I think you do see her more than you see Adrian in, in the original. You do. Um, at least away from the lighthouse. They're, the effects overall, I mean, okay, first of all, thank God they spent the money properly on the on their CG fog. Because you imagine the fog didn't look good in the fog. Right. <laughs> at least the fog looks good. I, I'll give it that. Now, some of the fog budget needed extra funding at some point along the way before what they originally had, had estimated because, again, as you were watching, you texted me. And, of course, I was looking for it the entire time I was watching the movie. There's some great stunt gags in this from Fireburns. Really good stuff. Yeah. And and equally, there's some there's the some- other way. <laughs> Is there's mm-hmm. some less than stellar CG and and it was funny too because you can tell it's just being layered on top of real stuff. Yes, and that's why it's so noticeable. Right, it's like you can tell where the practical fire ends and then the where, where the enhance and it looks like what is it? What was the old thing? After Effects <laughs> on, on Apple. Well, no, I mean I still heavily use today. I know, but it looks like the it looks like the 1998 version. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Or, or 2005 version too. I can't imagine it ever looked good. Like, no. I, I remember seeing this in the theater thinking, oh, Jesus Christ, dude, they're fucking that up. Yeah. It looks bad. And unlike some of the movies that we're going to come across, this movie, like actually, like the other movies that we've covered, um, they all have a high production value because they're all studio movies. And that just to get to that part where it just stands out so much, I almost feel like you because you can see the practical flames because he stand out in contrast to the the digital stuff they're putting in there. It looked like it was big enough fire. Look, it's a fire. I know it's a fire. I don't need, how big do you need to make it? Yeah. You know, that's just some producer going bigger, <laughs> bigger. Well, that's, what's so funny about it. All you have to do these, even back then you could duplicate that part of you know, this thing and just slide it over and flip it. And then it still yeah. would have been comped. It would have looked better than clearly the digital fire we had, we were looking at. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, that's revolution, dude. I mean, you, when you say studio, you got it's also I know, it's from revolution, but it's <laughs> which, sure, they were a studio, but they, you know, if I went through it, I, I could name three movies from revolution right now that you would laugh at when I said you'd be like, oh god, yeah. Well, I was really talking about many majors and like that, and those and those movies we were talking about on Kickstart recently. Yeah, of, this is like the like those. Yes, this is very much like the uh, Ghost House movies, or what were they? Ghost House is that the one? Ghost House, Dark, Dark, Dark Castle. They all kind of like Dark Castle. They're all yeah. in the same vein of budget. Yeah, and, I, mean, and I was style. shocked that yeah. this was. I was shocked that this was an eighteen million dollar movie. Yeah, I, I thought that's why they got Tom Welling to begin with. It probably would have been twenty five if they had somebody that's known to put seats in the theater. My question is, where are you cheap bastards? Where's fucking Tom Atkins? Yeah, like they couldn't afford to put like him they in couldn't get a cameo for right. Tom Atkins in this movie. Fuck you. He should have been the beachcomber. 
<laughs> I'm serious. Well, I'm being a hundred percent. If you're gonna do it, dude, if you're gonna have that guy and everybody's looking at him anyway because they're like, "Who's that under that wig and beard?" Uh, right. And it's nobody. Nobody you give a shit about. Right. And here's the thing: that last time when he sees the table and the chairs, oh, I laughed. I, I I go, wait, is that Rucker Howard? Who is that? I dude. I yes, it looked like hobo with a shotgun on the beach. It totally did. I'm like, wait, that can't. How would I miss him being in this movie? And wait. And if that is Rucker Howard, you're you're disguising him too much. Yeah, I don't. I mean, get if, yes, I mean, like to me, that should have been Tom Atkins. Yeah, or Tom Atkins could have been anywhere, dude. They could have just had him. Like he could have just if they could have just had him drive by in his truck. <laughs> you know, yeah. in one of those horrible scenes on the street. Yeah, uh, it's a spyglass. Uh, it's not a telescope. It's a spyglass. Oh yeah, yeah. There. Nobody in this suffers from anything uh, performance-wise other than just being a script. It's just, that's yeah, the it's only- the, It's it, the words on the page. Yeah, and it's not great. And you can just tell, anytime Maggie or, or somewhere on screen, they kind of elevate the stuff. Now, I thought I thought it was an interesting choice for Tom Welling to play this part because he's in the middle. I mean, he, I shouldn't say the middle. He's in the fourth season of Smallville. He's Clark Kent. He's this good guy. I'm surprised, Mike. You know what? I'm going to play a guy that's that's hitting these two jacks <laughs> because uh, I'm lonely on this island. And I actually, you know, did he only did he only hook up with Sama because because Maggie peaced out? Uh, that's yes, that was the that's what he said. And that in that in that brief exchange between him and Gilligan, yeah. Gilligan and the skipper, yeah, if you will, if you um, will. yes, that that witty repartee. That's what you're led to believe, but they don't really ever give you any backstory. Like, no, but Hey, you know what? It's not important. Really? It's not important. All that's important is that we don't know. We don't know why they're not pirates. (laughs) We don't know why they're not pirates and, and what year it is (laughs) when they sink. And also the other question is what the fuck is Spooner doing in this movie? (laughs) Oh, I know, man. And, uh, Weirdly enough, how is he the only one who survives the attack on the seagrass? Yeah, because he's hiding in the freezer. I Come guess. On. I mean, that's like what L. Cool J did against that shark right. in Deep Blue Sea, right? Hid in the fridge with a parrot. Now, look, at, I've been on my fair share of fishing boats, and yeah, me too. <laughs> I've never seen a I never refrigerator seen a, quite that size. That that not that size. And why is it there? Usually, it's in the deck floor. Yes, right. Because so you don't want to bring the fish. You don't drag. You don't want to drag the fish in the galley. I'm like, yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Was, a movie, a, a movie about people living on an island and it's a fishing boat. I mean, it was very, uh, yeah, yeah. That was a build. <laughs> that was a build. That is no definitely. That, I don't know of. I don't know of any uh, any boat that would have that. Anyway, yeah. But no, Dre Davis is fine in it. He's doing what he's been given to do, like everybody else has in the movie. It's just like it doesn't. He's the the standout on the island he didn't grow up there and, he, and it's clear that he didn't grow up there in fact just to make sure you know that later on he tells you his family's from chicago yep <laughs> no confusion that's why that's why you don't see his family they're playing it for laughs and i it didn't make me laugh and i'm like i just went yeah no shit dude oh really shocked <laughs> the, the the things that they changed up in this movie not for the better i mean i, I guess they were trying to make it a little more modernized you know what I was really missing from this story was the beginning. I was missing John Houseman sitting around a campfire scaring children. That would have been nice. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's like, you know, one of the most, that's the, that sets the whole tone of this. 
there's lots of things about this movie that make you wonder. I know why it was made. We, you and I talked recently about some other movies from the seventies that got remade by their, you know, or at least produced by the people that were originally involved in it. And this was a time when, I mean, what else was Carpenter doing? I at this time, nothing really. Uh, yeah. I mean, really the only thing he was ghost of Mars sometime around this time. Ghost of Mars was four years before this. So yeah, like 2001, 2002. Yeah. As a director, he literally jumped from Ghost of Mars in 2001 to The Ward in 2010. Yeah. I kind of always just pretend I never saw The Ward. Yeah. He hasn't directed a movie since, a feature film since Ghost of Mars 21 years ago. Um, Carpenter's too busy, you know, enjoying playing video games and smoking cigarettes. And smoking cigarettes and taking points on stuff because of things he created. And good for him, man, because he's created some classics. And if he's going to finally really get paid for them, then good. Yeah. That's what I say. Here's the other thing. I'm not really mad at no. this Fog remake. No. That's the thing. You know. There's some times where, where, we, where we get remakes or sequels and you're thinking, why? Why are you doing this? And sometimes it's, it's, it does bring a little bit of anger. Or not anger, but like disappointed something and an elevated disappointment where you're just kind of like, again, it's not anger. It's, it's just, uh, why can I just go back and watch the original again? Right. I think it goes back to what we were saying. It's like, who actually, who asked for this? <laughs> right. It's a remake. Nobody asked for. Right. The remake. Nobody asked for. We've talked about Graham Ravel's score work before this, and it's usually really good. And, but this, I don't know if it, you don't hear it very, don't, you don't hear a lot of cues in it. You don't hear it. And when you do hear it, it sounds like it's from another movie. Right. I mean, honestly, there's nothing remarkable. Dude, one of the things I love, I just, I just picked up the, uh, that, the, uh, the, the new vinyl, the uh, fog from. Uh, oh, Waxworks. Yeah. Waxwork yeah. records. Right. So I just picked up the fog and I had just listened to it and I was like, God, this is such a good score. And then watching the movie last night, I'm like, is there a score? And, like, <laughs> and when I did hear something, it just, I don't know, it was weirdly, like, just seemed like generic guitar riff. It almost sounded like they were taking sound bites from uh, Clapton's outtakes from Lethal Weapon 1 and 2. When you hear the stuff in this, it like you said, it feels like a different movie. It feels like he's just tuning up his guitar and warming up before yeah. he's waiting for the strings to get there. So he gets, it feels yes. so out of place. Give me shanty music. You know, I was like, I mean, that felt more, that would feel more in, in tune, except for it's not a pirate movie. Right. <laughs> Get more confusion. Yeah. Why didn't they just keep it a pirate ghost? I don't understand. Why yeah, they- I don't know. I don't either, man. And, and the thing is, is if you're going to do that, give me the scene where Hal Holbrook at least gives me everything and lets me know who Blake was and, the, you know, and gives me that whole thing. Yeah. They, they don't really, they do a really bad job of explaining the whole thing. They kind of try to show it to you, which I'm more of a fan of usually is the show. Yeah, they don't tell me. Of course. But something like this, I still, you still have to tell the audience. Like if I didn't know, if I didn't know, if I'd never seen the first fog, I would have had even less idea what the fuck was going on in this fog. Yeah. I would have been in the fog. And this Father Malone, all he does is run around and drink all the time. And then finally yeah. when everybody shows up, he's like, all right, well, here it comes. And he looks like he may, he looks like he could have gone to high school with Nick and Elizabeth and <laughs> right. Stevie, right? As I opposed mean, he to Hal Holbrook. <laughs> yes, as opposed to Hal Holbrook, who's like, you know, is perpetually 85 years old. Uh, and can act circles around everybody in this movie. 
Correct. Uh, yeah, dude. It's like weird. It's like all of a sudden, you, and I wonder, like, well, yeah, dipshit. Are you gonna? I mean, does this guy gonna look? I don't care how expositional it is. This is your. This is why you're in this movie. Start talking. <laughs> but, yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah, and when he does talk, he just sounds like he's wound up. Yeah, like, there's like no like. I mean, I don't buy him, dude. He, he's you know, to me, he looks like some guy who probably killed Father Malone and took his clothes. Yeah. Hey, would you guys remember what Father Malone looks like? No. Is that him? Sure. Recognize the collar. <laughs> and then got out the spray paint and started tagging things around the cemetery. Yeah, right? Good Lord, dude. What, what, what a bad choice that was. <laughs> that was I so- laughed out loud. And, my, and she's like, what happened? He's like, oh, nothing. Like, yeah. Oh, it looks like the fucking local gangbangers are out tagging the fucking cemetery yeah. again. Because if you're telling is that supposed to be the fucking pirate slash pilgrim ghost did that? I don't know. I mean, come on, man. I didn't realize they're big into graffiti. <laughs> no. Fuck that. Uh, That's one of the more goofy, like, moments oh, that just, like, kind of was cringy. Yeah, I, I laughed out loud. Like, literally laughed out loud how bad that was. Because it was like, it was like, wait, what a second. And, they, and then and then they show, like, a medium close-up insert or something that to show the, the paint all over his hands. I'm like, wait, are you doing it? Are you the one that's tagging the cemetery? Yeah, I realized I might just chalked it off as him just kind of putting his hand on it just to figure out what kind of what kind of material it was. It was painter. The one guy I do want to throw out there while we're talking about actors, I don't want to forget is Jonathan Young, who plays Dan the Weatherman in this. Yeah, dude, he nails it because he's does exactly he's exactly the same as yeah. Dan the Weatherman. Yeah, in the first one. Yeah, like literally, like I feel like he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna study the way he delivered his line, and I'm gonna just, and he does it. He's perfect. <laughs> I'm just gonna give it to you. Yeah, I mean, look, I I would I, I appreciate that he knew he wasn't like he, what was he gonna do with that role? It wasn't like he was gonna right. create like hey I'm gonna create a new damn the Weatherman character. <laughs> so he just went for it. I mean, it, it was even kind of it's even almost shot the same. Everything where she's like don't don't open the door, Dan. Well, you get you get a you get a lot of that with Samo when she's in if that if there was something that was most like the original is those yes, the, those, the, moments those moments between the two between of them. them. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. And most of her dialogue, you know, over the radio. I love the him sending her the webcam mm-hmm. and her hurricane it up. I thought that was like a clever little way to kind of say what year it is. But then at the same time, they don't know what year it is because wait, is it 1971 or is it 2005? Tell me what, where's the hundred years? Yeah. Yes. Give me, where are the hundred years? Yeah, tell me, okay, it's 2005. Let's roll back a hundred years. So, that, so this is supposed to be, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very weird. It's very weird. And it's and it's hard not to get around that when you're watching a movie like this. When you're throwing, if you start throwing around window of time, saying it's been a hundred years, and then you're saying 1871, I'm like, all right, well, explain yourself because that doesn't make any sense. Right. It's one of those movies where they feel like, well, they they've said, all right, here's what's here is what's true in the world that you're watching, and then I'm like, well, that contradicts whatever it is that's going. Well, I don't know. Maybe that was the point. Maybe it was that was the point of, of them hiding stuff and. No one really knows a damn thing. We really only know the 1871 thing because she finds the book. I don't know. Right. And who, what what was the date on the watch? Right. Remember when she did, 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 she's like, it tells you when it was made. And then like she, they clean that off and she looks at the symbols and I don't know how the fuck you would know what date it was made from those symbols. Yeah. There's not one number. Yeah. You know, I guess I, I guess I, maybe I should look up pocket watches (laughs) and, you know, do some research. Research. The one thing about the, here's the thing, the cinematography in this movie. I hate all the day shots. Yeah, hate them. Yeah, but the night stuff looks good. 
for the most part. Yeah. All the night stuff. Yeah. It, the day stuff just looks too much like television. I, right. I, I guess is the best way to say it. That scene early on where we first meet Nick and Spooner uh, with the two fishermen on the boat. And it, it's kind of yeah. like, dude, I felt like we were going to get a montage. <laughs> we all, It's almost a montage, right? Like the first part of it where he's talking to the fishermen. Is like, it feels like there's a montage coming on, which thankfully it doesn't. But right. is that the, that's the dumbest scene in the movie where the boat almost flips over and the fish go out. We're going to go down. We're going down. Yeah. <laughs> because he's hooked on something with the, I mean, and if he, that's your guy that you, you, it's you and him and you, you trust that guy to drive. Come on, man. He seems to panic awfully quickly and do everything wrong with that fucking chain. Yeah. When he's trying to weigh that anchor. We, yeah. He's quite the deckhand, isn't he? I mean, good Lord, dude. He, what is he, it's not like, is he, hey, it's not like he's your best friend. You didn't grow up with him. Yeah. Cause he's from Chicago. He's from Chicago. He doesn't know. He's no, he's no Matt Hooper. No. And you know, the best way to really have handled that was Jaws 2. Yes. The way they pull up the. The telephone, the power line. Yeah. I mean, you haven't getting stuck. It would have been far more dramatic and far more effective if we never saw what it was that it was stuck on. Yeah. I, I, I understand. Cause you want to say, Oh, here's stuck on that thing. We saw in the beginning that you didn't. I know still don't know what it, I still don't know what it is. It's a sack of shit. <laughs> like it was just like a sack of stuff, right? Like, right. The, the mirror stuff from the boat, the mirror. And yeah, you, that's that kind of shit. But how did it all get in a sack anyway? Is my question. I don't know. <laughs> We've got to get everything off the ship before it goes down. Put it in the sack. Ah, oh, too late. We're all dead. Yeah. I don't know. Was the table table was in there too. It's chairs. <laughs> right. And you never see that, you know, the, the four horsemen, if you will. They they run off with all the gold. Yes, in the chest, right? Right. That is the thing about the original. Who was the fifth horseman? The one who got fucking sucked into the water. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they, they 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 never they never made like I I because I I fully expected like why are they after me? I'm not even from here. I don't have anything to do. And that you know has he was the he's the somebody would have been the descendant of the fifth person who, you know the one who didn't make it right but no that would have been too clever that would, have been, that would have been too much to write into the script right and it wasn't spooner's family correct yeah yeah he's he's not a castle he's not a williams he's not a wayne and he's not a malone that's all we know because yeah, that's all we need to know because he's not a there's no statue of him nope my one of my favorite parts in this movie is well it's my se- it's the second funniest moment in the movie it's when uh, Aunt Connie. <laughs> yeah. Poor Aunt Connie. <laughs> Poor Aunt Connie. Not right. What? what, what? Oh, I guess, you know, she's, she's as guilty as anybody when it comes down to it. She's part of the Wayne family. Yeah. That's what she gets. <laughs> Damn it. I, I don't know. I thought that they could have done something really cool with, uh, with that whole sink moment instead of doing the hand. Yeah. I would have, you know, I know there's lots of things I would have done differently about it, but it's not those little moments that are problematic. It's the, as a whole, it's like, it, this really is one of those movies where you're just. It seems like a parody of it, a horror film. It really does. And there's moments in there. You're like the Spooner character. It's, it's like that character that they talk about and not another teen movie. He's like, we're going to go ahead and put this black actor in here. And he's going to have these lines that for, I don't know they're going for comic relief. What are they doing? I don't know. It's, it's it's just weird. Like, you know, it's, it's so out of place. It's so out of place. And they forget about him. Like for large chunks of the movie, he's they like, do. you know, they do. he doesn't exist. Okay. So when he's in the hospital, Spooner, 
And then some shit's going on with Maggie down the hallway where the other, um, where the other people that died on the boat when they were, when Spooner was out goofing off at night with the uh, Matthew Curry Holmes, uh, that, that moment in the hospital, while everybody's distracted with Maggie screaming down the hallway, cause, <laughs> because Matthew Curry Holmes decides to be the, a zombie and gets up and walks over and starts hugging her or whatever the fuck he was doing. Spooner jumps out the window. We don't, we don't see it happen, but like they come back to his room and the room's empty and the windows open. I'm like, it took me a second to remember who, who was there. Like who was in the bed. It, I, I couldn't process that. I'm like, Oh, that was Spooner. Like I didn't, they're like, Oh yeah, he just supposed to jumped out the window when we weren't looking. Right. But like you're talking about, Spooner is, they, he disappears for long chunks of time. So even in that moment, I was like, wait, who was in the bed again? Oh, yeah, it was Spooner. Because he's in the movie so little and so rarely. I'm like, and again, why am I caring about him? When does he show up again <laughs> after he runs away? Right. I don't know, dude. It's, it's really weird the way what they It was almost like, hey, you know what? We only got... We only got DeRay for two days and <laughs> we're going to shoot around him. And by the time he came back to do his pickups, it was, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, they were wildly over in their days. And, yeah. you know, the fog wasn't working and they were trying to figure out how to CGI enhance the practical fog that they had on set. Yeah. So, hey, DeRay, go share your trailer there with the uh, with the, the, the non-pirate ghost ghosts over and over uh, and we'll let you know when we're ready for you. We'll come back for you. We'll come yeah. get you. We'll send a. We'll send somebody. But if, I do feel. I do feel like he's. He might have some large chunks of material cut from the movie. Now there is a unrated and a rated version. One being a hundred minutes. One being one hundred and three minutes. I don't know what they could have put in this movie. And this is a good leader into into that. And I'm actually kind of glad that we decided yeah. to not cover the last one, and do this one. It, it like you said, it's not. I don't want to say it's tofu. I think it's just poorly seasoned chicken <laughs> or in cases that are on island, it's poorly seasoned fish. <laughs> I, I, it's like, all right. Okay. And there's, there's enjoyable moments in there and stuff like that. And the comparison to the original is you, they took some, they took some key things that make the original fun. Cause you, with the original, when you get to that point where it's just like pirate ghosts and like, Oh yeah, and it's like, again. I know it's it is a slow moving movie. It is, but it's still fucking great. It's still awesome, and, it, and this is just, I don't know. It's just like most remakes. It just pales in comparison, and it just doesn't get everything right. Now that there's lots of things about next week's movie that I think are better than the original, as much as I like the original, but you've got it's. A, I mean, how. How rare is it for a remake to sorry a remake of a well-known title? Do they ever succeed with pleasing everybody, or at least pleasing a larger audience than than most? It doesn't happen very often, and unfortunately, this doesn't. This did okay, all right, but man, I don't know. It could have been better, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, this this movie could have been a lot better. But again, it could have been a lot worse. And like I said, when I texted you, I'm kind of house of wax enjoying this. Yeah, and 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 I I just wish, like you noted, I wish this had that bombastic ending that we, we get with the House of Wax remake. Right, where they just go full bananas and they, yeah. just, fucking, they just go for it. And like, you know, the, the, people are stepping in hot wax and shit. And you know that they're actually melting an entire set around these actors. Yeah, but like you noted, 
the the, the end, end of this movie, the very so end sequence is confused. possibly it almost ruins it almost well you can't really ruin this but no. I mean it's it 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 takes away it it it, it lets you know exactly if you're thinking oh hey this wasn't so bad wait till you get to the end you're gonna be like oh no it, it's bad but. Yeah. Was it worth the journey? Look, we've we've suffered through way worse movies than this. Yeah, over this last three and a half years. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely worse movies than this. And the thing that again it, uh, about any kind of remake is you kind of got to make it your own. And and unfortunately, the parts that make it their own were the parts they shouldn't have changed. Yeah, I mean it's like a cover song, right? Like you're gonna cover something, you know, do something different, or, right? You know, or just stand be a cover band. But nobody wants a cover director. N- Am I glad that they made a remake of this? No. No. Would I have liked this movie more if I had never seen the original? Maybe. Would I like this movie more if it just wasn't called The Fog? Sure. Possibly. Maybe. And you know what's funny too? As much as I like I like Maggie Grace a lot, and just this also chalked us up to poor marketing, I didn't know she was in the movie until you said something to me. Right. Well, it's funny, man. I forgot that she was in it until I... Went to put it on. I'm like, oh God, yeah, of course Maggie's in this. <laughs> um, I, I only really, all I remembered about my initial viewing was that Selma Blair was Stevie Wayne. And um, that uh, the kid from yeah. Lois and Clark. Yeah, yeah, like, Smallville. <laughs> Smallville, <laughs> right. Was, uh, was, was uh, Nick Castle. Right. Which I think is, is that, the, is that their big Easter egg that they named him Nick Castle? I mean, I know his name was Nick Castle, but is it Nick Castle, the guy who wrote the original Halloween with Carpenter? Isn't he the original Michael Myers? Isn't he? Yeah. Anyway, there's lots of people in this movie that you don't recognize, lots of people you recognize that are still working today and, and badass women in it like Maggie and, and Selma. And I just, here's, is, are things so sour with John Carpenter? That, is that why we didn't get an Adrian Barbeau appearance in this? I don't know, man. I mean, we didn't get a Jamie Lee. Like Jamie Lee could have played Maggie's relative who well, yeah. says spine glance. He's a spine well, glance. Well, I mean, you could have, Adrian could have played Aunt Connie. And I guess uh, they didn't want to be that camp. Yeah, who knows? They I don't couldn't know. afford it. I $18 million dollar budget. But when this you, is 2005. I know, yeah, but I mean, when, when you, when, okay, we already talked about how much did Carpenter and how much did Deborah Hill do in this movie. But if you're going to put that out there and if you're going to put use that as marketing material, I mean, take the time to put these people in the movie. But also maybe it just gets too stunt casty. I mean, I might have well, hated maybe. it. I might have I hated all that had I seen it. You know what I mean? I, I, in hindsight, like I was just looking and thinking, man, no, Charles Cypher should have been in this movie. But no, I mean, look, otherwise I'll just watch the original if you're just going to pop up. You know, sometimes that's great. And then sometimes it's like, well, how many? I mean, look, if you put Atkins in as the beachcomber, I'm good. Well, I mean, you don't you don't think Adrian would have been fine as Aunt Connie? She's not in it a lot, and she no. would have acted in it. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I mean, it might have become too much of a thing. You know what I mean? I don't know. I love what she like. Just recently, Adrian was on on Shutter's Creep Show, and she was great in it too. And it's very fog related opening, and, and she's clever. I mean, she, she's awesome. I wish she would do more stuff. And I know, and, and she does that. I think she has a podcast that she's been doing for a little while. Radio. Yeah, just show go back and watch. When was the last time you watched Carnival? I love, and do Melody work yeah. on that? Yeah, Carnival's rad, dude. Yeah. Anyway, it's one of those few times that we've, talked, we've done an episode where you can hear in our voice that without even listening to the words that we're saying, you can just hear our tone. I, I It was just, like I said, unseasoned fish. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't like, I don't dislike the movie. I don't dislike I mean, it either. It's like, but again, what, what, can I, I recommend re- it to some, I would have to recommend it to somebody with like, okay, like here's the thing going in. It's not good. <laughs> but that being said, you might enjoy it yeah. for different reasons. Yeah. And like I said, for a movie that kind of has the, if they would have fucked up on the fog effects, that would have been bad, but they look good. And I like, yeah. but you know, what's funny is like, and I meant to say this earlier when I was talking about the, how good the effects were. They're coming in so hard, right? They're coming out of nowhere, going, what, 80, 90 miles an hour, this fog's coming at them. Even the music cue is setting up something that's going to be some kind of, some seriously active violence was about to happen. But then it just stops. And it, I don't know, I just feel, they build up to something that doesn't happen. It's a jump scare. Yeah, it's the a jump scare that doesn't make It's a jump, jump scare that of this fog moving. It's a, it's a non-jump scare. It's a non-jump scare, jump scare. Yeah. Anyway, I want to also point out too that <laughs> the director's name is Rupert Wainwright, not to be confused with Rufus Wainwright. But you know what that dude's claim to fame was? Stigmata. He did MC Hammer videos like a like crazy. He did. Oh, first of all, he did MC Hammer's "Turn His Mother Out," which is his first single. But you know what else he did? NWA Straight Out of Compton video. Yeah. It's all music videos. He did NWA's Express Yourself, but he really did a lot of Hammer stuff. He did Too Legit to Quit. He did Adam's Groove. So he did that kind of stuff. Now, he also did... He did Wolf Lake, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he did Wolf Lake. He did. He directed a couple of episodes of Wolf Lake, <laughs> which I got to say I secretly love. I wish it would have gone on for another season. The, and then before Stigmata, he did a movie called The Sadness of Sex. Like, do you know what that is? I do not. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> it's just, it sounds intriguing, but then I'm like, why haven't we heard of it? It's on Tubi if you want to watch it. I'm not gonna, but there it is. But now he, and and then now he just doesn't do anything. So, yeah, he counts his money. Yeah, Rufus. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Rupert. Rupert. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to put, how lame is the cover for this thing? That's bad box art. The one sheet, it looks like, yeah. uh, not, now I've seen variations of this thing where you put, where they're putting, they're doing their whole, uh, their screen cast Photoshop job at the bottom of, this, of it. But the fog where it's like this person's face, I don't know, dude. It's It, <laughs> it all, it, yeah. It's, Speaking of Photoshop and After Effects, God. I've seen the same thing, but with fire, this exact same poster, but the face was made of fire. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they'll do whatever it takes. Like, and if you look at the stigmata, the stigmata one sheet is not much different. No, yeah, you, know, you get Patricia's rat eyes. She's got killer eyes. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right then. I All right then. I, I think we're go. gonna keep dragging her ass through this. And there's nothing else to say. No, no. We, I mean, we, look, we've said it all. I mean, yeah. like, is it a, is it a remake that I necessarily wanted? No. No. But is it the worst of these sort of uh, films we're going to talk about? No. no. Not even. Um, the Closer. I have not seen The Closer. I've had it for a long time. It's a big lots purchase. Not that that tells you anything. And I've been looking forward to watch it for a long time. And I had a lot of people recommending, why don't you watch that with edibles? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so when we, get around, when we get around to that one, that's how I'm going to do it. Uh, that's a big one. We intentionally picked of the five movies. Well, even even this one, even though it was on the back burner, the first and the last one are movies that were highly anticipated, like highly anticipated. 
this, you know, the first one, you know, Robocop, because it's a massive franchise and everybody loves the original. And the last one, because of who's in it. So, and what they were trying to do. And that, that'll be the fun one. The Fog, 2005. Yep. Rufus Wainwright. Rufus Wainwright. <laughs> Rupert Wainwright. Dude, I almost feel like Rufus directing this would have been better. Him and Graham could have worked on some music together. Like, or they just brought in Rufus, <laughs> Rupert, and Graham and let them all just do their thing. Let's do our and thing. And MC, you know, they should have gotten Hammer to record an original tune for the, uh, you know, over the end credits. You know, <laughs> some sort of kick-ass rap tune over the fucking final credits of Call the, the Fog. fog. Call the Fog. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Rupert's on the phone. You owe me, Hammer. Hammer! And what are you doing in 2005? Don't hurt me, Hammer, but listen to me. Yeah. I need a song. <laughs> Do it. All right. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, we're on at Karate Pod or on the Instagram at the same thing. And eventually we'll get around to doing the same thing on Letterboxd one of these days. If you want to follow Corey, you can follow me on Letterboxd at Corey underscore Culp. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roller 33 on your Instagram or at Baby I'm Bored on Letterboxd. That's Baby I'm Bored on Letterboxd. Thank you. Baby I'm Bored. You know that's somebody's thing, probably. Baby I'm Bored. Hey, Baby I'm Bored. Why does he watch someone's Lifetime movies? (laughs) 